0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. <laughs> the red was after me. <laughs> Pregnant ladies and little kids better get the hell out of the way. Because I am running. <laughs> I'm just, I'm like Forrest Gump, dude. I am running. So, the Titanic was the biggest ship on the ocean, but that didn't mean it was unsinkable. Okay. All right. I want you each to use ombudsman in a sentence next week. I
1: got one for you. My name is Kevin, the official ombudsman. <laughs> of Just press play, podcast. You like apples? Here we are with another edition of the Just Press Play podcast. We got Pops and LJ here with us, and guys, it's March, baby! March Madness it is, is it right is around March. the corner.
0: It doesn't feel like it outside, though. I can tell you that for <laughs> damn sure.
1: It's not spring yet. <laughs> no, it's, it's it was snowing up here in northwest Arkansas and cold, and it's cold in Canada. I, I don't know. LJ, might, it might be cold up there in Chicago. I'm not sure. No, it's actually uh, it's a nice
2: 72 up here. So, <laughs> uh, we hit the Whatever. beach this morning. It was nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet you did. I bet you did. <laughs> If you did, I bet there's
0: uh what is it what is it that George got that time? Shrinkage. There'd be shrinkage if you jumped <laughs> in the if, if you jumped in the Great Lakes right now. I'm just saying
2: uh, yeah, I a lot of uh, frostbite Kevin, and a
0: missing toe. <laughs> Kevin, you sound like that's bad. That was on national TV at like seven o'clock in the after, in the evening. No, I mean, no,
1: I just I we're already started. I mean, it's only we've only been in for a few minutes and we're already Kevin's into been watching The legit. Bobbitt documentary, so he's yeah, got, he's got different mindsets <laughs> going on. Yeah, that listeners, was supposed are- to stay pre-record. <laughs> that wasn't supposed to get into <laughs> the episode.
0: Your illustrious host, listeners, just figured out who John Bobbitt was. I don't know. Exactly Exactly what led him to that, but we'll leave that to the imagination.
1: Oh, well, a, a coworker just told me, hey, you should check out this this documentary. And I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And he knew that I had no idea what I was getting into. And then, whoo, it is something else. Anyway. Oh. It, so did you cut it short? It's probably good,
2: but- <laughs>
1: <laughs> good Lord. Oh, man. He is He is hot. He is on Bada, fire, straight fire. Yeah. Well, that gets us perfectly into how we like to start off a lot of the episodes now, and that's the best and worst. I thought uh, the bobbit was almost going to be one of my worst options for this week, and I thought we didn't want to bring that up in the podcast. But lo and behold, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> so, pops, oh, I'll just
0: I'll just start off with you. What What's your best of the week? Well, do you remember what my worst was last week? Last week we talked about it. Uh, uh,
2: probably couldn't golf. I don't really. No, remember no. That, that's it what was just, it <laughs> was the
0: fact it was the fact that it's Peter Frampton's last concert. Oh yeah. So yeah, you yeah, know what yeah, the yeah. best is this week? I'm What's freaking that? going to see what? Peter Frampton.
1: What? Where?
0: Red Rocks.
2: Yes. Oh, even better. I'm going oh, with man. Joe
0: D Nichols. who's going to be on our podcast sometime. Oh, Joe D God. and his God. beautiful wife and my beautiful wife. And we're going to go to Red Rocks. We're going to see Peter freaking Frampton. Oh,
1: yes, well, I'm that so is jealous. pretty cool. That is pretty I'm, sweet.
0: Yeah, pretty pumped where, about that. Where yeah. is Red Rock? Red Rocks is up by Denver. Oh man, remember? Oh, oh wow, so the y'all are guys guys yeah. in the yeah. country. That is probably the most beautiful outdoor venue I've ever, well, it, it's not probably, it's the I can prettiest it- outdoor venue I've been to.
2: It might be the, I mean, it might be the prettiest one in the entire country, Could and be. I don't think you'd get a lot of debate if you said
0: and, that. And you know, it's what it's famous it. for, because as you're watching uh, a concert, just over the top of the stage is the birthplace. I mean, I think it says it at Red rocks the birthplace of your brother and your sister, Kevin.
1: <laughs> really?
0: <laughs> yeah, you can see the birthplace of your brother and yeah. sister. Denver's <laughs> right in the background.
1: Man, I can't wait till uh till I have the the wherewithal in my bank account to just you know what I want to go see Peter Frampton at Red Rocks, you know it's his farewell yeah. tour. Yeah, yeah. one, one yeah. day when this podcast pays off, um, we'll, we'll be there.
0: Are you fifty three? Sure, we'll whatever comes first.
1: <laughs> well, my best of the week is going to go out to Tony Harris, who y'all may have heard of. She has become the first woman to ever receive a non-kicker football scholarship. Hey. She is a, It was a pretty cool thing. I, I saw this earlier this week. She's from Detroit. She's played uh, free safety at East Los Angeles Community College for the past two years. And this past week, she signed a letter of intent to play football at Central Methodist University, which is a D1 school in Fayette, Missouri. So it's just, wow. hell oh, yeah. yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, Is she
2: playing free safety. Is that the plan? I was.
1: Yeah, she's gonna play safety, and I, I mean, I just Man. I saw I was watching a little bit of highlights. I mean, clearly she at times looks a little smaller, and you know I could see why that would be tough. But I was listening to her talk, and she I think she was on the Good Morning America show earlier this past week, and she was really cool. Like someone asked her, one of the people on there were like, "What's it like knowing that a bunch of young girls like are looking up to you and want to be like you?" And she was like, "Be like me, everybody." I, Go be better than me. Go get to a better school than yeah. I've got to. Go go to USC. Yeah. Go somewhere. It was just cool. That is the she- thing, though, is I feel for her. The pressure she's going to be under
2: to succeed is going to be so huge. Because if she's just if she doesn't work out, then people will use that as a look. This is why we don't let women play football. You know. Um. So there's got to be a lot of pressure on her.
1: But I'm rooting for it. That sounds awesome. Oh, yeah,
0: me too. Wow. Yeah, that, she now it's, she it's kno- a physical kno- sport. So.
1: Well, that's the other—the only other uh, woman to get a college scholarship to play football was Becca Longo, and she was a kicker at Adam State. So this is the first time someone's playing at a full-on contact position. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes forward. Not, but either way, just shout out to her for breaking barriers. I mean, it's just—it was cool. Yeah. cool story. Very so. cool. Very. Cool. LJ, what do you got for your best this week? Uh, have you guys heard of the show The Mask Singer? Oh, that was almost my. I, I think I know where you're going. This is almost one? my best. Well, of the I'm week. not gonna. I'm not going
2: to say what it is. So there's a show called the mass singer, um, oh, okay. where the premise is. Yeah. Have you heard of it? Doug? Yeah. Well, I've heard, heard of for it. For yes. Listeners yes. anyway. So for those that don't know what the mass singer is, uh, I would suggest that you check it out. It's on like Hulu. It's a Fox show where the premise is they bring people in, uh, they're all celebrities and they're all wearing masks and doing performances. And then, uh, uh and some are wearing episode. ridiculous costumes, by the way. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's crazy. Uh, And every episode they take off the mask and you find out who you've been listening to. And it's pretty cool because it gives, you know, some people a chance to like show that they have other talents than what they had. Um, And uh, so I don't want to like spoil anything if you haven't watched it. But the winner this week just really like uh, made me feel good. And also like Hannah called it beforehand. And the other thing is um, I've been on this guy for some time. So um, as like more as what he wanted to show. So I just felt pretty cool about
1: well, it. Well, I feel like it's we can maybe give it away because uh, I didn't see it by watching the show. It was all over Twitter afterward, Yeah, and it was kind of blown up. Well, if you want to,
2: we can drop it. Uh, drop it. Drop So it. so the winner of this whole competition was T-Pain, and he did it, obviously, sans tune, so people didn't know who he was the whole time. I mean, the cool thing about this show is I spent a lot of the time thinking this guy might be Ricky Williams. That's how like messed up they can get you on trying to <laughs> figure out who everybody is. Um, but uh, but yeah, he was just a fantastic singer, and wanted to prove that he could do it without autotune and uh, and just absolutely killed it, and it just made my day. The clip, the
1: so. the, the one that I saw, Dad, and I, we'll put this in the show notes, is he was singing "Stay with Me" by Sam Smith, and, and my stay God, with me cause you're all I need. Oh my God, he's amazing. <laughs> Amazing! Might, yeah. Sam Smith is really good, and T Pain's version. I'm not saying it was better, but it was it was really, really, really it might good. Have been, and it might have been, and it uh, might have been better. It was uh, it was fantastic. And if you've watched his Tiny Desk concert, you probably remember that. I mean, he will shock you with yeah. what he does. It just like I J. Well, I didn't what, know how, what this show was. I'm like, who the hell is this behind this mask? He pops yeah, it off. Well, and,
2: uh, uh, that's the other thing is I
1: kind of wanted to bring up
2: that. I think that's the one that got me into tiny desk concerts too, was watching T-Pain just blow me away. Cause at that time, I mean, I, I've always thought the man could sing um, and he used auto tune as a tool instead of a crutch. Like a lot of people use it. Right, uh, yeah. But then when I heard him do it without <clears throat> the auto tune, I was just blown away uh, with his tiny desk concert. And then this was just another, like the whole world got to see this instead of just, you know, a relatively large YouTube audience. So it was he pretty did.
1: cool. He was talking to Ellen afterward, like a couple of days later. He was on the Ellen DeGeneres show, and he was—he said the only thing he didn't uh, calculate in with that big old goofy mat or goofy costume was how hot yeah. that sucker was going to be. He said he was burning oh, up the I whole bet. time. I it, bet apparently he so he was saying that he thought he thought he was gonna you know it would be funny and be silly and he'd probably embarrass himself so he's like if i'm gonna do it i might as well go all out so that's why i got that ridiculous costume and he's like and <laughs> it was all supposed to be planned where there was a fan inside of there and it would keep me cool and it wouldn't be hot and since he did so oh, well man. he was in the costume for a while and then the yeah. fan wouldn't work because the microphone was picking up the fan noise so he was just in there sweating <laughs> his butt off it, it was oh, a man
2: Well, and he was another one, one of the things that happened a lot with, especially like the last three people, um, they were all really talented singers and performers. And so, uh, one of the things you notice is once they take off the mask, they're instantly so much better because they still, they sing a little bit after they take off the mask or whatever. And to kind of show, you know, this was me and they're all so much better. Uh, I mean, one, I guess I'll, I'll spoil another, uh, Gladys Knight made it to second place, I believe. And, uh, She was just, you know, she was great with the, with the B costume she was wearing, but then she popped that thing off and I just was ready to cry hearing her sing. Like she was just that, Oh my God, she's so good. But, uh,
1: well I got to imagine that does affect your singing. I mean, if you have a huge costume on and mask and all this stuff, I mean, yeah. Well, and she was talking a lot
2: about, uh, uh, connecting with the audience, which is what the best performers in the world do. Right. They just, they find a way to connect to everybody in the room. That's what dad always talks about that, uh, that Prince concert he went to where it was like what 200 people in there or something like that. And how he was able to be a big part of that room and not just, he was like sharing a moment with everybody. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, When he was doing his acoustic moment, it was so cool. yeah. Yeah.
2: And you could tell that that's like the difference, you know, like having all that on keeps you from being able to do that. Like then you're just showing off that you're, Technically talented, but once you take it off, you can really—I don't know. It was can great.
0: I can I bring up a singer that or uh, an artist that that y'all might check out? And maybe you know about him. Have you ever heard of Puddle's Pity Party? The big six-foot-eight no. clown. He dresses up as a clown.
2: Oh, but I think he I have, is I think Benji told me about this. He guy.
0: is an amazing singer. Um, yeah. If you ever do Puddle's Pity Party on like Pandora, yeah. just do his radio station. It's amazing. It's really good. He a does buddy like of mine, covers, Phil right? Carter, turn me out. Yeah, he does mostly covers, but. I mean, he has a voice that is second to none and he was on, he might've been on America's Got Talent one time or something. I saw him on one of those type shows, but check him out. It's, it's, he's a really incredible uh, singer.
2: We'll do. I bet uh, a couple of songs find their way onto our playlist. If uh, the man behind it.
0: uh, Yeah. If he'll get busy. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right, dad, let's go (laughs) on to, let's go down to the worst of the week. So I'll start off with you again. What do you have anything for your worst of the week?
0: Well, a real quick one is is and we talked about it briefly, uh clo- cloudy, cold, rainy weather. I need some freaking sunshine in my life. Yeah. I need some sunshine yeah. in my life. The other thing though, and this is, you know, a little bit not a big deal, but did you see Mark Zuckerberg? They had they had a daughter, and did you see what they named their daughter? No, no I didn't. What? Max. They named their daughter Max. <laughs> now, I don't know if maybe that's short for Maxine and maybe the, I don't, you know, I don't know, but I just saw this because, you know, apparently he has sworn during Max's lifetime that he, he and his wife, I can't recall her name, are going to give 99% of their shares of Facebook to philanthropic reasons or, or causes. So that was pretty huh. cool. But I just thought they had a, a baby little girl and named her Max. That's, well, hey, I, my name's Lifford. So, I mean, I know I don't I have it. a lot of
1: names at all oh, on this right, show. right, 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 <laughs> right.
0: But I just thought that was peculiar. Did they
1: they actually have a child or did they like build one? Isn't he robotic? Uh, He's not like a real human, is he? Well, he's a lizard in a human costume. So (laughs) uh, it it was in an egg. Uh, Okay. Okay. That makes more sense. I I just didn't think (laughs) they actually had a human birth since they're not actually human. Maybe Max
0: hatched. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs)
1: All right. Well, for my worst of the week, I have, uh, you may have heard of this guy. This happened over this past week. Um, as you remember, actually two years ago, I came on after the Super Bowl and told you how ter- how I lost my ass and, you know, between the squares yeah, and yeah, different yeah. bets, I lost a bunch of money. Well, apparently it can be worse because this a man in New York or in the New York area faked his own kidnapping over the past week to avoid pay <laughs> to avoid paying $50,000 in Super Bowl bets. So uh, naturally, I had to click on it. I was like, wait, what? So... <laughs> 60-year-old Robert Brandle was found tied up in his pickup truck last Monday. He told police that two men involved in some Super Bowl squares pool took 16000 from him before driving around with him for two whole days and then left him tied up in the back of his truck. Oh, my God. Police later found out. This is, this is where it gets good. Police later found out that Brandle entered a bunch of fake names into a $50,000 square pool for the Super Bowl, assuming that yeah. and he wasn't going to put the money, he just assumed if he won, he wouldn't, even though he didn't put a lot of money, he would get everyone else's money. They wouldn't know because he won all the money. Well, sure, what happened was if you remember, what had happened is the score was not your typical like seven and, and zeros and, and stuff like that. They were like every single quarter ended, it was like three zero three 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 thirteen 13 to three. Yeah. I mean, it was only threes that won, and apparently our boy Brendel didn't have threes, and so he was out (laughs) $50,000. So, of course, (laughs) what do you do when you've just lost a bunch of money in the Super Bowl I just fake a kidnapping. Fake a kidnapping. (laughs) Of course, yeah. (laughs) So now, now the sixty-year-old man not only is in the hole for fifty k, but he's also being charged with fraud and falsely reporting an incident. So it's just, uh, oh my god, it's been a rough go for for my man. uh, What was his name? Robert Brandle. Yeah, I was wondering if his last no, name I'm was kidding.
0: Smollett or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I
1: know. <that's... laughs> oh <my God. laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe he was Jussie's or whatever the kid's name is, dad or something. I
1: wonder I wonder if maybe Good he's Lord. I wonder if maybe he saw that. No, because that kind of happened after. Maybe he inspired oh, Jesse yeah. Smollett. Maybe he's the one that inspired. I don't maybe. know, but I just can't <laughs> believe oh, I just boy. I can't believe the guy wrote like I'm just trying to put this into your head. Like we've all probably lost bets and regretted it, but he thought, you know here's what I'll do. I'll tie myself up, put myself in the back of my truck. And he did, he did this in, it was like New York Buffalo area. So I bet it was freezing cold. He left, he, he was found laying oh, in his yeah. truck after like two hours. And he did oh, this God. two days after he lost all the money. So I don't know why, like his story of where the two guys rode around with him for two days and his truck, it didn't really add up. <laughs> it just was the whole thing. was just hilarious to me. And the guy just, you know, uh, every time now wow. I know if I ever have a bad betting experience, it could be worse. I'll just know it. It could be worse. I could be Stuart Brandel or Robert Brandel. So (laughs) LJ, what do you got for your worst this week? Um, well, I'm
2: not exactly sure that this happened this week, but it's a soccer thing. Uh, so I'm not exactly totally up to date about it. I just heard about it through a different podcast. Um, but this guy, okay. So we're in the, the championship seasons in soccer, um, where they're playing for, you know, all the big cups and all the big stadiums and, uh, and a couple of a like I think it was this week, this last weekend, uh, Chelsea played Manchester City in Wembley. Does that I mean? Do those names mean anything to you guys? There, those yeah. are like the big. names. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I, to, so. yeah. Tony's, Uncle
1: Tony's talking talking probably about. rolling his eyes somewhere right now, but oh,
2: he's loving it. He's loving. It. He's <laughs> thinking about ankle rolls and. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, okay, so there's this goalkeeper. Uh, well, okay, so it was a close game, and uh, they were tied towards the end, and then uh. Somebody got hurt, and so uh, they had a chance to kind of check their strategy. And so what Chelsea wanted to do was they wanted to put in their goalkeeper who specializes in shootouts because this game was likely to end in a shootout. And so they went to go pull the guy. His name is Kepa uh, Ariza Balanga or Balaga. I'm not exactly sure how you say his name, but the Chelsea goalkeeper. uh, He was supposed to get pulled out of the game so they could put in the specialist. And he refused to do so like they had put up the signs that said, like, send this guy out, pull this guy in and everything. The coach had made the call and he just refused to leave the game. So they left him in the game until the clock expired. And then once it went into shootout,
1: they had to keep him in the game for the shootout. Well, so and like, this is right, the
2: most absurd thing ever.
1: This did happen. You're right. This happened last week, and I saw just a little bit of it. But I did too. I saw it. But isn't isn't the other guy they were trying to bring in like a specialist for this, like for shootout or like the right? And That's then, exactly what he
2: is. Yeah, he he's on the team for this situation. They're in the biggest game of the year. I mean, they're in the Super Bowl. I mean, imagine you're in the Super Bowl. And you've got like a goal line running back and uh and uh out, outside of the tackles running back and you gotta get one yard and they won't let Marshawn Lynch come in the game for the Super Bowl. Like it's absurd <laughs> that this guy would be allowed to do this, like for one. Like I would think security would carry him off the field. I'm something. just I'm like, just imagining
1: just- I'm just imagining like back in ninety-six, you know, Michael Jordan, they're down by the Bulls are down by one and MJ wants to come in for the last shot, and Steve Kerr's like, nah.
2: You're, no, good. No. you're good now. I'm, I'm staying in. <laughs> Out. I mean, well, but even just... worse is it's like it it's a guy that's like it's like a big man trying to say, No, 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 no. you're not gonna be able to shoot this <laughs> so, three. You know So it's, it's like, like
0: Will Purdue. It's like Will Purdue saying <laughs> right. No,
2: right. Michael, like, he's not like unable but like this isn't his job. Yeah. Um and uh he ended up this guy, so the only recourse that the coach really had, because like he legally like couldn't force him off the field, like so all he could do. Was during the shootout, he could have put like one of his like forwards or uh, midfielders or defenders or something like that in the goal for the shootout instead of a goalie. So he could have just had a regular player, but he didn't do that. He let the goalie that forced his way to stay on the field do the goalkeeping, and they ended up losing the shootout by uh, him missing a relatively easy uh, goal. So, uh, yeah. I'd, why I did he? I why did he curious.
0: refuse to come off? What was he just?
2: Well they're saying now that it's a misunderstanding. Um, I, it's hard to always parse through what happens in sports, uh, in people's minds, obviously. Yeah. So, you know, maybe he, I, I think what happened is I think this is the guy, he, he was the one that kind of like pulled a cramp or something like that. And the coach was trying to pull him out. And then he was trying to indicate to the coach, no, this cramps, not that bad. I'm just trying to, you know, slow down the clock or whatever uh, I'm milking it a little bit. Leave me in the game, and then uh, the coach was like, "Well, I've already made my decision. Get the hell off the field." But by then, they had both kind of entrenched in, like, "No, I'm good." And then uh, I do know that the coach, uh, mm. or I'm pretty sure that Chelsea's coach is English-speaking, and this guy's first language is Spanish, so there might have been some sort of communication there too problem. But um, yeah, it, but it's absurd.
1: It's just I well, and it's I'm crazy. reading like apparently everyone in the locker room like likes him, and they say he's a good guy, and like. He's not like a known like it's not like TO in the locker room where he's kind of a headache. He supposedly he's supposed to be a good he's a 24 year old good kid and just uh wasn't coming he off got, the field. He got paid a
2: ton of money <laughs> to
1: be there too. Like he's not like
2: some scrub that's just like he happened to be the goalie today. Like he's he's getting paid uh 71 million pounds. Uh so I did see
1: that he got he uh He's getting fined a week's pay for for refusing to leave the pitch is what their manager said, so
2: I would just, if I was, like, the ownership of that team, you either have to fire the coach or the goalie, I think, at that point. Like, I, someone has got to be the boss here, and if they're not listening to the coach, then, like, one of them's got to go. Yeah. I think you have yeah, to. Yeah, like, That's a fair, uh, fair so point. one of
1: the quotes is he said, although there was a misunderstanding on the reflection, I made a big mistake on how I handled the situation. And, and LJ, you might have been right. It could have been two different languages, and there could have been a mistake. But if you're the coach of, of a team, this isn't like little bitty Fort Smith soccer team. This is a big freaking deal. you got to figure out how to get yeah. this communication across i mean it just doesn't yeah. happen you know you can't have a miscommunication right at that juncture mm-hmm. that that is wild I, I knew i'd heard a little bit of it i didn't hear the names or the teams i just heard there's some like uh, a soccer player would not come off the field so i'm glad well, you- it's
2: the championship and it's in front of eighty six thousand fans there live and it's in front of like probably a million people on tv like it's absurd i can't imagine how. <laughs> it. like i just they surely don't even have a rule for that because that won't happen.
0: It, it sounds like something that would happen to the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, Maybe. it does. Doesn't it? it really does. Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott's like, "No, Coach Garrett, I'm good," or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, interesting. You bring up the Cowboys. Speaking of the Cowboys, they have they've now have a new player joining back. Well, he's not really new. It's an old player joining, re- rejoining the <laughs> locker room as. Jason Witten decides to unretire. I, I don't really know which one. Is he unretiring to come to the NFL or is he retiring from broadcast? I don't know which one he's doing, but he's leaving the booth up Monday Night Football and coming back to the Dallas Cowboys. So I just yep. got to go first off to LJ thoughts.
2: Uh, my first thought is uh, we won't have to worry about it if he's lost a step because he lost all his steps like four years ago. <laughs> so. Um, he's not going to be the the blur out there or anything like that, but I don't know. I'm kind of glad he's out of the booth. I'm, I don't want to see him get hit too hard, but I know he'll take it. I just, I, it feels like his brain's a little addled already. And so I'm a little nervous about him, but yeah, I, I know, think we'll we really
1: need to start do like speed up the CTE study and process maybe for, for Witten, yeah. but I, I'm kind of with you. I'm glad he, I'm glad he's not in the booth. I love Jason Witten as a player. He was a great cowboy for a lot, for a long time, but he was just not mm-hmm. good. He was not good in the Monday night football booth. And so I'm not upset that he's leaving yeah. there. But, uh, I, yeah, I don't know about – he was losing a step three years ago, and then he took a year off, and <laughs> now he's coming back. I just <laughs> – yeah. that man, it, it, it was looking hard to run. It's, I'm already forced to watch Dirk run during, basket, during NBA season, <laughs> and I, that, that that hurts my knees just to see my man – yeah, go around the, the court. Light at
2: the end of the tunnel's there and so now you got to wait till football season where it's not gone yet. So,
0: well, my first thought was he's a Hall of Fame tight end, he's not a Hall of Fame analyst. So
2: <laughs>
0: there's just he's no doing doubt what he's good at. That's he's good sure. what he's good at. I, you know, you talk about he couldn't. I mean, he runs better than Dirk. I mean, I mean so well, is see, a toddler. I mean so been a I mean, bit
2: since I've seen the man run, but
0: Well, true, but <laughs> you know, he never was a blaze and he he gets open. I mean, I I think the biggest thing and you're probably leading towards this but they got a lot of young tight ends on that roster that Jason Witten will provide invaluable uh, resources to and he's probably a coach in waiting well that's know, what it almost seems like
1: he's yeah. going to be like that a player sense. coach kind of thing yeah
2: yeah, yeah exactly I just that's he needs to give now. Gronk's number to try to get a hold of his brace guy because we'll <laughs> see what happens
1: but yeah <laughs> so uh, Jason, Jason Witten released a statement afterward and said the fire inside of me to compete and play this game is just burning too strong. This team has a great group of rising young stars and I want to help them make a run at the championship. This was completely my decision and I'm very comfortable with it. Now that last part sounds like what like when you right. when you've been kidnapped and they're telling you to make it sound normal. That's like <laughs> what you tell you to say. So I was a little right. I was a little perplexed there. <laughs> I, I, and did he go oh yeah and
0: have you heard me in the booth <laughs> you know that's what he should have said <laughs> I, I heard a tape of me in the booth and decided oh god i better do something else
1: so actually uh i was talking to uh mom about this earlier this week and she brought up an interesting point and then i i went as soon as she said she said she had read it in an article or something but then once i started thinking about it, it was so true but like it's, it's interesting to see the two ways Jason Witten and Tony Romo's career and post-career kind of went, where mm-hmm. Romo was the always criticized, always the guy on first take they were talking about. He was the reason the Cowboys lost, yeah. that they lost, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And Witten was never criticized throughout his whole career. He was always praised as a great tight end, a great leader, tough guy. I mean, there was just you never heard a bad word about Witten, except for maybe that he was getting a little slower in his older age, but... Still, people loved him, and then yeah, they both went on to do announcing. And Romo is, is completely switched. Everyone loves Romo; he can do no wrong. And Witten couldn't yeah. do anything he right. Do no I mean, right. he just yeah, right.
2: that's very accurate. And the other and thing I is, think, I feel like if Romo said that he was going to come back and play football, then I think I'd be pretty excited to see where he lands. Like, I feel like I'd be ready to watch that. Whereas yeah. Witten, I'm a little trepidatious. So yeah, yeah they totally flopped. And <laughs>
1: yeah. I think it's just it probably is tough. I, one, I think uh Witten kind of showed us that a lot of these guys that are really good at, at up in the booth and calling games it's just not as easy as it looks like it's kind of hard to sit there yeah. like, and be recorded for the whole game and not say something yeah. that sounds stupid. honestly
2: it's fantastic like it really does make it it shows you how hard like uh Bob Costas works and how Al Michaels right. works like that's such a tough job
1: but i bet it i bet it was tough for Witten as a guy who just like Romo's one of those like we talked about he he's ta- he's received a lot of criticism in his career. So even when people, you know, didn't like him predicting plays or something at the top, he's he's so used to hearing people bash yeah, him and talk so crap yeah. about him. He doesn't, he's just going to yeah. be him. Or Witten, on the other hand, is not used Has to... He's never every,
0: really heard criticism.
1: Yeah, he's not used to every Straight Tuesday backs, yeah. morning when he pulls up his computer, it's just a million articles. Like It almost got like, at one point it was getting kind of harsh. Like it wasn't just like making fun at Jason Witten. It was people like hating Jason Witten. And that... Yeah. For someone who hasn't dealt with that's probably really tough. I've never obviously dealt with anything like that. And I would think that does change things. And it almost seems like he's coming back to the field more so to get away from the booth as a reason to get out of the booth. Maybe it was interesting. Uh, Yeah. I wanted to ask you guys, what do we think? who, Who do you want to replace Jason Witten? in the Monday Night Football booth. Is there booth. any question? I mean, yeah, I, I want Tony Romo
0: for Monday Night. That way I know I'm going to hear him every week. I that's what I want.
1: Well, Tony Romo yeah, still has I, he has a year left on his CBS deal and he'll be a free mm-hmm. agent, which I would think everybody and I mean they're going the, the bidding war is going to be out for Tony Romo when his contract goes up. Uh I would like him in the Monday Night Football booth. Another guy I was interested. He's got a year left on his contract too. Uh but do you ever watch Good Morning Football, so uh, on NFL Network. Well, Nate Burleson's on there, and he's called a few Thursday games. Nate Burleson does a really good job. I think he could be kind of fun in the booth. And then there's was Nate Burleson, a Steeler. Is that right? No, he, he was, was a, a Viking uh, and a Lion. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, right, right receiver, right, right? Okay. But he wasn't. Yeah.
2: You
0: know, he was a third receiver, would not he? Probably. Yeah, at he was. Best, he was always
2: second,
1: I think. But second, third. Yeah, he was always good, but not just great. You know, he played alongside like, but.
0: Always liked him. He played hard. He was. A, I, I like Nate Burleson, and he. I'm like you, yeah. Kevin. He's good in the booth. You probably heard him, Kevin, uh, LJ somewhere. He's because yeah, sure you said he's called a couple of games. You said, yeah. Right?
1: He's called a few games, and he does like the pregame stuff with CBS. Mm, so you've probably yeah. seen him doing stuff. But I think he's pretty good. And then the other big name that's popped up, and that was the one they tried to get really hard last year. I think before they got Whitten, but Peyton Manning's name is coming back up. Yeah. I, I think he could be, be interesting in that. the booth, but. I, I don't know why Peyton Manning's interested in working. That, that dude is getting paid a ton of money just to be Peyton Manning right now. He just does a, a commercial here and there and does, does those little detail Man, things. I yeah. don't know if you've ever not worked for a good amount of time, though. I, I'd want to work. You know what I
2: mean? Like, I I'd, if I were Peyton, I'd be looking for something probably right now.
1: Well, but. yeah. And, I, and th- what's interesting, though, with this whole Witten stuff is maybe Peyton Manning and all these guys take a step back and go, maybe I want to really make sure I'm good at this before I go on Monday night freaking football. Yeah. You know, like right. we just yeah. don't know. And that's the thing with Witten that I didn't understand is he never really took his reps. Like he you got to call the game, call the crappy college game and in, in the in the, reg, in the random Sunday games that get kind of hidden with Red Zone Channel before you go out and call Monday Night Football where the whole world's listening to you.
2: Well, didn't Romo allegedly do like six games off the air with just like. Uh, just with him and another guy. Yeah, and uh, apparently they did stuff with
1: Witten too. Like they practice off there, but I just think you gotta you gotta have some live runs. You gotta really get out there and do it. Like I've heard Schlereth yeah. calling some games, and he's decent. Mark the stink, but before he started calling NFL games, he was calling the random Thursday college football game. So I, I just think you gotta yeah. get some reps before you go out there in front of the whole world, or you're gonna well.
0: And think about it, Jason Witten has never been a very loquacious guy. I mean, he's not, and Romo had, Romo was, he had that personality. Peyton Manning, his personality is amazing. I think every commercial, maybe they make him look fantastic, but his commercials are fantastic because he looks like he has so much personality. I think he would do good. Witten, Witten is a guy that, I mean, you know, I played football years ago, but he was one of those guys that he's there every week. He's a, he's a pillar of the, of the locker room, no doubt, but he's, He's just not a very gregarious, uh, humorous, fun kind of guy. Yeah. So I, yeah. you could see this happening to Jason Witten, I think, is, is what I'm, I guess I'm getting at.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: I think Peyton Manning will be good. I do think. I mean, he probably needs to call a game or two, but I think Peyton Manning would be great.
1: I would yeah. think so. The only thing I, I would, I would suggest, or if if you've watched any of those details with Peyton Manning, I've never watched a full episode, but it's the thing he does on ESPN Plus, And I've seen the snips they'll put on like, uh, on ESPN, on Sports Center, something. He sounds very dull. It's just him talk, but it, but it's also him basically like you're watching film with him. It's not him trying to call a game. So we'll see how it goes. I do think I would be interested in Peyton Manning. A couple other, I was just looking at odds that on, in Vegas actually of who will replace him. A couple other names he had on the list. They had Lewis Riddick on the list. I really like Lewis Riddick. I think he does. I like Riddick. A I great do. job. Uh, Greg Olson's really high on the list. Uh, he he may or may not be retiring. Apparently, a lot of TV. Uh, TV, like uh, all the different companies want him. Uh, Kurt Warner was there. He's been doing radio for Monday Night Football. Then they had Hasselback. Yeah. And then I found some of these wild, like these, the odds get really high for these people. But there's Tim Tebow was on there at plus 3,000. Pat McAfee wow. was on there at plus 5,000. And then they put, I don't you know, know if they did this just for fun, they threw John Madden on there plus 10,000. <laughs> Yeah, there's no way, but I could see Pat McAfee doing a pretty good job at it,
2: actually. Maybe he's wild. He's
1: wild, and I don't know if ESPN has yeah. the, the gumption to throw him on Monday Night Football. But he is he's an he's a fun you dude. You just get him
2: a really good babysitter. I mean, honestly, if you get him a really good babysitter, I think he'd be great. I mean, he's got a goofy sense of humor, but he's also really smart, and he's got an insight that nobody ever thinks about special teams. But like the real football nerds like to pretend they do, so he could bring some insight there. And I don't know. I think that might work out pretty well. I like that Pat like
1: McAfee. He's he's called a few games, and he's one of those guys we talked about. He's taken a few, uh, uh, done some reps. He's called a few games that you probably didn't notice, yeah. some college games, and then like some uh, Sunday games. So it'll be, I, yeah, I'll be I mean, interested to see what they NFL do. Good. It'll be fun to to see. I wanted to get your guys' take. Uh, so the combine also is going on in the NFL this past week, and unfortunately, yeah. it's still a possibility. We're trying to get a get a hold of one of those Wonder League tests, we're we're trying to take we're here at the JPP. We're trying yeah, to take a test yeah. to see see how uh, smart or dumb we are here at the JPP pod. But we'll have to wait on that. But I wanted to ask you guys. Yeah, do you think is the combine blown out of proportion? Oh yeah, absolutely.
2: I um I don't
0: know that it's blown. Out. I mean, w- what it is 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 just it's what looking at them in underwear and and you know getting their measurables. I mean, it's just to see how athletic you are basically and yeah. that's a good thing I don't yeah. know that it's well yeah but the, the word you said the, go ahead go ahead
1: the only thing like so I was they the, Kyler Murray was the big one this his measurements yeah. were huge it was a big deal and he he came he in one at, inch
0: taller yeah he <laughs> came
1: in at 5'10 yeah. and it was like oh okay he's 5'10 who because no quarterback's ever been 5'9 yeah. to make it Russell Wilson has been 5'10 or you know they had like we've had 5'10 guys but we've never had yeah. a 5'9 and, and then I saw, like, they, they want to, like, weigh them and get their measurements and how much they weigh. And I get that. But it's not about what they weigh right now in middle offseason. It's what what did he weigh? Yeah. I'd rather be – I'd more more interested in having them weigh right before their bowl game or something. Because I was – Well, I do
2: think part of it is they probably have those numbers and then they compare it to what they are now so they can kind of see are they working in the offseason, you know, stuff like that.
1: Because if you're an NFL athlete and you spend – uh, months like three months where all you're doing is working on, like, I want to get my weight up or weight down to for this one event, they could get down maybe 10 pounds lower or 10 pounds higher than their playing weight, and then they'll get drafted and yeah. go back to what they go to. But I just think it's a little blown out of proportion. And then another guy, then this guy, the one that's put everybody, he's blown everyone away at the combine this year, is old uh, DK Metcalf. He's a receiver out of Old Miss. If you haven't heard of him, it's not that surprising. He wasn't, he was okay at Ole Miss, but he never really did a lot. But he got to the combine and one, a week before the combine, he posted a picture and he looks like a beast. I mean, he's got like an eight pack, he's got muscles coming out of muscles. And he shows up to the combine and is six foot three, 228 pounds, ran a four three in the 40, jumped a 40 inch vertical, and then repped out 225 pounds 27 times. Oh, and he's like a 1.6% body fat. So he's like a freak.
2: Jeez.
1: And now all Jesus. of a sudden they're saying he's going to be a top the top receiver taken, maybe even go in top 5. And he we didn't even hear about him last year. I just don't understand how he's yeah. possibly going to go top 5 and we didn't even know who he was a year ago. Yeah. Have yeah. you ever heard of Kevin well, White
0: at Chicago? Uh I mean, he was a right? yeah. he was a freak yeah. athlete, but he's yeah. just not an NFL wide receiver. So yeah. well, that's why I think
2: the the uh, combine is overblown. that's why I, like what Kevin said that that's why I think that's the case because like yeah, I think the scouts that go to it, it is actually valuable for them to go see what's going on and try to get these measurables. but like we as fans just make these ridiculous assumptions about how great somebody's gonna be and we'll never give somebody that looks like Tom Brady a chance uh based on his combine outing but um but it is still fun. Mm-hmm. I mean like, I saw this one dude who's like 350 pounds and ran like a four, eight 40. Like just imagine that running at you. Like that'd be horrifying. So uh, it is kind of fun. Is that the guy I, that set the is, record?
0: Yeah. There was like a D lineman or set something set the 40 yard dash I record. Think
2: so yeah. And I the guy so, was 350. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe I might be thinking of something else, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that's, what I, I mean, I that's
0: a big dude that is moving. That's yeah. some momentum right there. Yeah. God, that's yeah. a man. Right? Like,
2: Try to stop that. Just give it one <laughs> chance, and you won't do it again. That's just, I you make twice.
0: I'm getting the hell out of the way.
1: I'm having I'm like a red steak. wasp. Is, I'm like a red <laughs> wasp. That's, that's after what I was me. about to <laughs> say. <laughs> oh oh god. <gosh>. <laughs> so, you guys, we we talked about this uh, last week, and or we talked about a scandal last week in in the NBA thing with the Tim Donaghy and stuff. And now, guys, yeah. I have, I don't know if you've heard about this, but the next big scandal in sports is upon us. You may or may not have heard about okay. this, but the world's number one, number one in the world bridge player has now been banned for testing for a banned substance. Yes,
2: I saw that. I kind of wanted to get Tammy's thoughts on that because she's a big bridge player, right?
0: Bridge? You said <laughs> bridge? Yeah,
2: bridge. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes.
0: Bad yeah, so, like, what?
1: So let me tell you I'll tell you and then <laughs> I might need you to explain bridge to me because maybe I don't know what bridge is but this, a 49-year-old Norwegian man has been suspended by the panel of the World Bridge Federation after testing positive Oof, for. <laughs> he tested positive for synthetic <laughs> testosterone and clomifine, which is a treatment for clomiphene <laughs> is a treatment for inferdil, infertility in women, but it also can raise male testosterone levels, stimulating muscle growth and physical ability. <laughs> so. I don't know. How does that help your bridge playing? (laughs) Yeah. Well, we've been going to the wrong uh, bridge games. (laughs) That's what I was wondering if maybe what I thought was bridge was something different because this man's trying to get jacked up for for bridge. And apparently, it's bridge building (laughs) is what he's playing. So, yeah. So I I was looking a little further because I'm like, you know, like what the hell? That doesn't seem like it would help him in, in bridge. And the bridge policy is based on the World Anti Doping Agency, which has brought down the likes of Lance Armstrong and and cyclists and runners. They just, they follow the same guidelines in the same list of banned substances. And (laughs) they're looking at bridge players. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) And then the article I was reading, a fellow bridge player was asked about the suspension. One of the guys he competes with. And he said, you know it seems a little odd to us bridge players, but it is his responsibility to avoid substances on the anti doping list, even if those drugs probably aren't helping him in any way for bridge uh but wow well that okay, I, so that almost smells like a setup
2: then right like why would he be like is he an athlete in some other sense, or is he maybe he's a bodybuilder well, it's possible like, it's possible he's
1: or? he's he's nearing fifty, maybe he just was trying to boost up his t-scores maybe he had a low t-score and just wanted to boost yeah. up his scores and it took the wrong thing increase egg production <laughs> I, don't, I don't know it just it blew so i the way i came across the story because i just saw it on twitter it's like the world's number one bridge player banned for substance abuse and i was like i saw it wait too. what and so i am naturally though i yeah. thought maybe he was taking like because i've heard of this like chess players before i've taken like ritalin and adderall to help their their yeah, chest right. out that's
2: what i expected when i saw so that. then when yeah. i when
1: i clicked on it and he was taking testosterone boosters and different different women infertility stuff i was like what in the world is going on here so i just i had to share with you no, guys it turns out he just trains with bones that's <laughs> yeah right. that's the thing <laughs> you don't want to you don't want to get sideways with this guy during a game of bridge or he's gonna throw the table <laughs> and... <laughs> great Great. Hey, just if an fyi <laughs>
0: Tammy and her friend Jamie got thrown out of a bridge <laughs> tournament because they got thrown out because like they beat somebody and they were like, can't if I high five, like take that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> <Stuff like> that. <laughs> I mean, I it think, think they, they were, were kind of being, levels after. I mean, yeah. They might, maybe they're taking testosterone <laughs> supplements. I mean, oh. I think they were just kind of being funny, but they were like, I mean, they were like that. Cause you know, you play bridge at the country club and stuff <laughs> right. like that. <laughs> there's a level of decorum and they're like,
1: they're they're they're, how do you like them apples they're they're playing it like you play some dominoes (laughs) out on on, on the front porch where you're throwing down the bones and domino mother (laughs) 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 okay oh god well switching gears now a little bit we're gonna get it we talked some oscars last week with and some movie awards uh some green book and roma and different things and uh now some more news is coming out as and i kind of want to get your guys thoughts on a group of Academy members led by the director branch governor, Steven Spielberg, are pushing for a rule change. And they don't, and it's basically, it sounds like they don't want Netflix movies such as like Roma was yeah. during this year's award to have a chance at winning different Academy awards that these, these movies like Green Book and and movies that go to the theatrical releases go. I think what I saw one thing was they want to require a movie to have an exclusive theatrical window for at least four weeks to be even eligible for major Oscars. So first I kind of want to, I want to throw over to LJ first at what, why, why is this important to them that you think, and do you think it's important at all? Like what are your thoughts?
2: Well, I mean, I think honestly, what I think is that uh, some studio has asked uh, Steven Spielberg to push this because I I don't really feel like this is the type of thing that he would push for. Uh, But I don't know him personally, obviously. Um, but yeah, I think the thing is, is the competition from Netflix, it's not exactly the same style of movie making as making a feature film with the idea of profits in theaters, uh, gets by. And I think maybe that's the argument is you have to be something that will be profitable with the people. Um, but I think that's kind of, I mean, I guess what I'm getting at is I think it's absurd. I think it's just the, the silliest thing I've ever heard, uh, in the sense of movie awards, which I guess there's, there's a lot of silly things to be said there. But um, I like, is it not still a movie? This is the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Well, yeah, right? that's what this so, like, awards for the best movie picture. Yeah. 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 And uh, I would want the award to go to if the only copy of this movie that exists is a videotape in some guy's basement. I'd still want the best movie to win. And uh, and the other thing is there already are exclusive things. Roma had to run in L.A. for seven days in a row, uh, have three shows a day and have one of those shows each day go between 6 p.m. and 10 p.m. They already have absurd rules where you have to have a theatrical release. So they try to make it to where you can only be considered for an Academy Award if you're a big budget studio is essentially what those rules are trying to do. And it it just is putting up a fake barrier uh, between artists and uh, and recognition. And it just. I award shows are already stupid to me. Like I've expressed that opinion a couple of times, but like the idea that the best movie needs to be one that's been in theater for four weeks, just flabbergasts me. Like it makes me not want to trust any of these awards ever again. Well,
1: I saw one thing that part of the argument I think was that a movie like Roma doesn't have the same, uh, I don't know if I'm wording this right. The same pressures that a movie coming out in theaters, because when you go to see green book in theaters, you're sitting down for two and a half hours or two hours, whatever to watch one movie and you're committing to it. So if it, if it, I, there's like more pressure to it, I guess. in that sense where Roma is just on Netflix, I just pop it on on a Friday night where I didn't have anything to do. And I, I kind of go into it lighter. And so I, I think that's part of there. Which is
0: exactly what I did with Roma, by the way. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> like it and I moved on. But I haven't seen it. But- I'm sorry, Kevin. Yeah, well, finish your
1: thought. I, But so I get that to an extent, but I don't understand. Like I'm kind of with LJ where, the Academy is, I'm, I'm supposed to, when I look at best picture, I'm looking for the best movie out of the selection well, of movies. I don't care where just, it came out of. I mean,
2: it's an arbitrary barrier. I mean, like imagine if, uh, 30 years ago, they would have said nothing that's filmed digitally will be allowed to win an award. Only 70 millimeter film will be allowed to win the award. Um, good point. It's, it's the same sort of concept. Like it's just a barrier just to make sure that the competition stays within the big. Studios. So that's what I thought and I'm with so, you, LJ. And I'm, I'm glad you
1: me. brought this up. Cause I felt there's an agenda. There's always an agenda. And I'm wondering if this isn't the big studios, just, you know, we don't like it ne- cause Netflix is, this is, Netflix is already big, and now they're now they're poaching on the big studios ground where they're saying we're going to win awards too. And I think it's some there's mm-hmm, someone yeah. I think there's money behind it where someone's saying Steven Spielberg, this is where we need because it just doesn't seem like something he would the hill he would die on to me. And a lot of people are yeah. going to hate him for coming yeah, out I mean, with this. So there's something behind it. I think yeah. I'm with you, LJ. I just don't understand it. I don't. I don't get what the point of that would be.
0: Well, me too. I want to say I. I would defer to LJ. My opinion is probably going to be what LJ's is on this because I just feel like you know a little more about this subject than than certainly I do. But right. but what you said really hit me. It, it's the Academy Awards of motion pictures. Well, right. Okay, if you want to rename it to be the Academy Awards of theater released motion pictures, then okay, we, we can talk about that. But it's the best movie, so.
2: Yeah. And you can y- even Netflix is changing the, the game. Name. Yeah. I think if yeah, you say the like name. the uh, if you have best uh, best film uh, streaming and non streaming awards or something, then I could still get behind. I would, I would think it's dumb, but I'd get behind it more than the idea of, well, you just can't even compete.
0: Yeah. The world's changing. I mean, God, look how many podcasts there are out there now. I mean, that yeah. wasn't even a thing. What, five years ago, maybe less uh, yeah. the, uh, digital content and how we receive and digest it is completely different than when I grew up than it was different when y'all were in the house with me. I mean, it's, yeah, it's completely changing.
2: Well, imagine if the Grammys had an award and to win best album, you had to have sold 80,000 units at a record store. Like that's just not the way the world works. It just doesn't happen.
0: Right. Right. Totally agree.
1: Speaking of Netflix and we mentioned them and I've, I've kind of here recently the past few days or past week or two, I've been kind of I didn't realize this but Netflix has a million different stand up things like uh, every single comedian out there has a, a Netflix special I think if you don't then I guess you're just not like I feel like you you're not a, you're not a comedian if you don't have a Netflix special nowadays so with that being said I I've, I've been watching some different stand ups and some I kind of went back and watched some old ones uh, cuz I watched a, a newer Dave Chappelle and then I went back and watched like a Richard Pryor and I've just just been yeah. watching a few different ones and something I thought about while watching it was it seems like every single one of the more recent ones, it starts out with some form of a line where they got the guy or girl says, well, I, I really have to watch what I say here. Or I'll get in trouble. And, and they're always, and yeah. I think a lot of that goes to, you know, the, the stuff resurfacing about Kevin Hart, where he had some jokes that was talking about, Uh, homophobic things and stuff like that so a lot of that's going that direction but I kind of also was thinking you know some of the funniest things when I'm watching a comedian do stand-up is when they start talking about a subject or get onto a skit that really I've probably thought it but it's I don't feel comfortable saying it out loud or talking about it with people at work or something because it's just you know it's a not a politically correct or not a right conversation you know and that sometimes is sure. the funniest thing when Lewis C. K. is talking about that in his standup or something. So, if we're taking that out of standup, are we? Is I guess Mike, I'm getting, i finding a long way to get around to it. But is I think comedy's slowly maybe going away because we're so torn on political correctness. And is that good or bad that we're worried about it, Dad? Okay,
0: it's bad. I mean, political correctness is 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 overwhelming, and I I think it almost. I'm gonna just say this. I think it sucks a little bit. You know, I'm so tired of everybody being politically correct. Um, the best humor to me is when a person finds humor uh in well, that is on the boundary of tastefulness. But then yeah. they make it with a happy ending. You know, it, it has a happy ending. Robert Kraft could maybe relate Whoa. to that. Anyway.
1: <laughs> Hello. <laughs> but that's what
0: humor is. So you take something that's a little uncomfortable. I did that accidentally. but And then you find a funny way to end it. I mean, come on. That's what it is. is. Let's Now, I, w- I was going to say, I am a, a white man. Uh, of middle-aged descent, you know, or middle, middle age, and I'm heterosexual. So, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) yeah, that was a wrong word. That was a long
2: line of middle-aged people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, so maybe I'm hard to be offended, but that's what political correctness is when you offend one's sensitivities and maybe I'm less sensitive, but maybe I'm less sensitive because I'm a white heterosexual male. I mean, I get the fact that if you were more of a repressed genre of society, maybe you're more easily offended, and I want to be considerate of those people. But if you can get to that edge of tastefulness and then end it with a happy ending, then I think that's what humor is, and I don't want to see that go away. I I just don't. Well, so I I want I I'm I'm worried about what you're bringing up, Kevin, and I hope like hell that's not what it is, and I think it won't be. You like gritty, edgy humor, I think. And one other thing, Andrew Dice Clay, if you remember some of his humor, I didn't particularly yeah. like it. It seemed yeah. very rude and demeaning to women, in my opinion. Now, that again, that I guess a homosexual or a minority might feel like it's demeaning in their perspective. So um, you know, it, it's fair that perspectives are different, but I personally didn't like Dice Clay that much because I found his stuff just taste. It, it it was across the line to me. Yeah. But I just wish we would all be more tolerant. If it if it ends happily, it's it's just it's funny. If it makes you laugh, it's funny. That's it. it does it make you laugh? Well, then it's funny.
1: I have a thought to. I want to get LJ. What 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 what, what do you think?
2: Well, I th- okay, so one thing I want to say about it is like, is comedy dying? I think of course not. I think one of the things I learned this from Chuck Zack in APUS US History. Uh, shout out to maybe the best teacher I've ever had. Um, but he uh he taught us that the world is a pendulum and the and our views are pendulums and what happens is we'll swing all the way to the left on one thing, and so in this it's political correctness. And what always happens is we'll swing right back the other way yeah. and uh, and it'll just keep happening until, you know, eventually the pendulum will probably die down somewhere in the middle where pretty much everybody's happy. Um, And, you know, that's why people like Andrew Dice Clay or Carlos Mencia got famous is because they were offensive in a time when it was probably just the edge of it's not okay. Um, And so they kept, they pushed those boundaries and, and that's why. But I, I think the thing that I want to throw out there is that... Um, a bad comedian is one that relies on offending you to be funny. If you can't make somebody laugh without offending somebody, I mean, people are going to get offended. Jokes are offensive, but like if you're, if you're punching down at somebody, if your joke is, uh, you're gay and that's the whole joke, you know, then that's really not a good joke. That's just a, that's just picking on somebody like that's just a schoolyard joke. If you're getting paid millions of dollars to to sell a stadium out, then I would hope that your jokes are better than just picking on somebody on a school playground. Um, and so I think that a lot of people say that because, you know, it it starts out the air of, uh, hey, I'm a little bit edgy. And so the audience is like, okay, let's see what happens here. And it kind of gets people a little bit excited. I think that comedians aren't probably really that worried about it. And if they are, they're probably not good comedians. Um, it's a good and, statement. And I'm not to say, not to say that like... Um, people that make tasteless jokes are bad. It's just, you know, I'm not yeah, like it, I'm all about having my buddies uh, make awful jokes. Like, I think that's fun. But then if you're selling out a stadium, you got to be better than my buddies. Like, that's just fact of my opinion, uh, which is not a real sense. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah. phrase>. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <but, laughs> well, um, I don't know. I, I, I think I think when you punch down at people, then that's a problem. When the punchline is that uh, because she's a woman, ha 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 ha. Then like you're the worst. Like that's just not that's not comedy. That's just being an ass.
1: Well, and that's kind of I thought about this too because I was I, I thought about the Kevin Hart thing and some of the jokes that he was getting uh, killed for in in retrospect. And when he made those jokes, I, f- I found them hilarious. And I'm kind of I was I was thinking along the lines of like maybe Dad would where I was like, oh, could just quit being so offended by everything. It's just he's being funny. But that's me coming as a a straight white man who there's not as much. Like I can say, yeah, they people can make fun of me. I don't care if they call me a cracker. Like that's the, that's the normal white response, and I think that's a little bit skewed because, yeah. I for someone who maybe is a homosexual, they've been belittled and beat down their whole life. So just just that added joke. Yeah. I mean, I can understand why it maybe bothers people differently. There's a reason things don't bother well, me as much. Is because not a man, not as many people attack the the straight white guys. They do the minority when it's the.
2: There's a lot less that can offend you. What's the worst word for you? Is a cracker, right? Like that's a poor. So uh, I can't see. Th- I um, can't have the same viewpoint me- as
1: other people. So I get that. I do want to make sure that's
0: under like. Well, and that's what I was trying to say exactly. And we- it
2: also it also like perpetuates like the fact that this is okay. Uh, I'm probably going to bleep this word out, but there was a word on uh, Louis C.K. stand up. Uh, he had a joke about uh, uh, Phoenicians are for uh, from Phoenix, and then uh, you know something about well, uh, shut up or something like that. And it was like the punchline was that that word's not a bad word. It's not about it's not right, about being right? Gay, right? Right? Whatever. Um, and so, but to me that meant that, that showed me that that word's okay. And then I started meeting people in my life. I actually, you know, started getting a little older and started being around people that were different than me and started meeting gay people that got the shit beat out of them when they were in middle school and high school and got called that word. And so now that word brings back these memories of that awful, awful day, um, or that awful, awful year or whatever. And so just because Louis CK said it and I laughed because he crafted a good joke around it. I then thought that that word's just okay to use any time, and so I think I think you learn uh, through comedy what's okay and what's not okay, and sometimes sometimes using offensive humor for the sake of offense will teach people to think that way. Uh, does that make sense? I, I feel like I'm rambling, but I I think you are a little I bit. But I, I
0: can say that good. Well, I want to say good comedy, a really good comedian. If, if he doesn't make you, unco- he or she make you a little uncomfortable at some part, then they're probably not doing a good job. You yeah, know, agreed. I, I don't mind being a little uncomfortable, but just bring it to a point. Don't use, it's like you, there were so many comedians that would be funny by using profanity gratuitously. If profanity yeah. fits in the joke and makes it funny, by all means, I don't mind an right. F-bomb, I, I just don't mind it. But if, if you're right. F-bomb, 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 ha, ha, ha. That's not funny. Agreed. So, so I think. Agreed. I mean, uh, if that's kind of where you were going, I mean, I don't. Yeah. I don't mind you using that the the, the F word now. Can we say that uh, sure. or the N word? You know, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings by that. Um, right. But if it's funny in the sense of a joke, so I'm okay maybe with where it. we're getting to. Well,
2: and and I agree with. On what you're saying, just real quick, I agree with, I think all uh, good art should make everybody in the room uncomfortable at some point. Like, yeah. if it doesn't make you uncomfortable, it can't affect you. Uh, Like, I've never seen a show that just made me happy the whole time, and then I came away with a changed perspective, or I came away thinking about something new. Like, I just ended up killing time mm-hmm. if it's just made me happy the whole time. So, yeah, I think Uncomfort is a, is a hallmark of all good art, but there is still like, uh, yeah. So I think, I I think
1: maybe we've, we've, you've kind of answered the question that I asked it at originally, both of you guys have, and I think it's comedy. Isn't, isn't dying. It, the, the the shitty comedians who rely on the profanity or rely on, you know, beating, punching down like that. Those moon meanness or those those comedians are are going to go away. And that that's fine. That's okay. Like I, I threw on one of Dave Chappelle's more recent ones. And that dude is just freaking funny. Like he's just a good comedian and the good ones don't rely on, Like, I'm sure he was cussing in his thing, but I'm sure you could take out every cuss word and the jokes are still funny. He's not relying on that. He's not relying on the black right. or white or, or homosexual. He just is throwing jokes out there and they're good and they're funny. So I think bad comedy is, is dying because you can't just keep offending people all the time and you're going to turn people off of you. But the good, the good comedians are going to yeah. last. It's not going anywhere. It just, I was wondering that cause I just thought about it and I, I'd noticed I heard every single comedian say so, something to the lines of, I don't want to say something that'll get me in trouble here. So, and I, I interested to see where he yeah, goes. In the- but if
2: that's not a bit for the audience, then they wouldn't say it. They just wouldn't say anything. And they would just hope that nobody would try to get him in trouble. Like, it's almost like they're put a big flag on their head saying, Hey, try to catch me when they say something like that. It's, it's just all a part of the yeah. bit to me. I, that's what I believe about it, at least. Hey, while we're talking
0: about comedians, can I say this real quick? That one of my favorite comedians seems to be blowing up right now, and he's been one of my favorites for a long time. John Mulaney, y'all know who I'm talking about?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, he's great. John he's Mulaney, lately, yeah,
0: he's on fire. He was on Saturday Night Live. He was on like either yeah. Jimmy Kimmel or or Jimmy Fallon the other night. He is a yeah. hilarious guy, I, and yeah. he's a different kind oh, of yeah. comedian. He's kind of a nerdy. I kind think
1: of, actually, you know, I think comedian, I just. But. Listen to like the first twenty minutes of or was watching the first twenty minutes of his Netflix special.
2: Yeah, I was. He's great. He's he's funny. He's unique. He's he's dorky and then like not uh Find and, this uh,
1: bit. We've got to find it put on
0: the website where he does somebody played What's Up Pussycat, uh yeah, Tom Jones. That's song. my first
2: time that's that was my, my first, first word of him. And yeah.
0: Shout out to Lauren Lee Hubbard who turned me on to that. She <laughs> said, You gotta check this guy out. And yep. he's he's but I'm so glad he's blowing up. He is so yeah.
2: you know Uh, that uh that happened at the salt and pepper diner which is something i see on my drive periodically and every time i do yeah it's here in chicago is he a chicago uh, guy uh he's uh he spent a lot of time here i'm not sure if he's from here but he spent a lot of time here and so every time i drive by there i can't help but
1: burst into what's new (laughs) pussy (laughs) cat
2: oh it's it
1: is
0: so funny (laughs) <laughs> All
1: right. Well, let's start to let's try to put a bow on on this episode and uh get to how we always wrap it up. Uh Pops, what have you been listening to lately? You know, I hope I'm not starting to repeat
0: stuff, but I'm sorry. I just came back. Uh, this is a guy I, LJ turned me oh. on to years ago. And so John Butler Trio. I just started listening to John yes. Butler Trio again. I'm I dig his music. It is guitar-driven, melodic a little funky, edgy. He's just effing good, man. John Butler Trio is really good. And I can't tell you anything specific. I'll find some songs and put on there, but I just really dig his sound a lot. That's what I've been listening to.
2: He's the kind of guy you could imagine would be like, if you could think of artists to listen to around a campfire, he's like top 10. Yeah. He might not be a top 10 artist of all time, but campfire artist, I I wouldn't know. There's almost no one I'd want more. Like it's ridiculous. He
0: He's is so good. So good. And, and LJ, more power. You turn me on to. Where did you hear about uh, him? Is
2: Jake McGee actually? Yeah, Jake, Jake McGee. McGee. So Cody McGee probably knew about him before me too. All uh, right, the yeah. McGee boys. Yeah, that's the McGee family. Got me hooked on that. So.
1: All right, John Butler Trio. That's All mine, Kevin. Right, LJ, what what about you? What you been listening to? Uh,
2: I've been listening to uh Khalid. Okay. Uh, I I was just uh. Uh, location was the first song I listened to when I got some really good headphones. And that was the first song that made me like just really pumped about good headphones. Cause it's just really neatly yeah. produced for, uh, you know, a 16 year old in his basement. So, uh, I've been listening to some of his stuff again. And, uh, cause he's come out with new stuff since I've really listened to him last and it's all really good. Um, it's not going to blow anybody away. I don't think, but it's, he's, he's great. He's not like all time. Uh, yeah, he's, he's not campfire artist. He's great, a good listen. He's, he's definitely
1: a good him. listen. I, I like some Khalid. Yeah. He's chill too. He's really laid back. I'm so my well what what I've been listening to lately, and it's something that just an album that came out just here recently. And I've been listening to some old Titty Boy Two Chains. He dropped a, a new album. <laughs> I actually, I, I saw he dropped. It was funny because he dropped an album, and they did. It was kind of it got thrown into the NBA world a little bit because there was a video rolling around that LeBron put out there where and there's like timestamps on it, and it was it was two chains and LeBron were like listening back to his song. And like, at one point LeBron was like, here's what you need I don't know how much LeBron really helped him, but it made it look like him and LeBron were working on the album together. But what was, what was great about it is you remember, you remember when we talked about uh, LeBron missing that game due to load management? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was apparently, I can't, I don't know the dates exactly right, but that was like a February 3rd Sunday game against the Warriors. And Literally, they put the timestamp on this thing he was doing with two chains, and it said February second, eleven forty three p.m. So it was the <laughs> night before that game at midnight. He was drinking wine with two chains, and the next day he missed a game due to load management for load management. <laughs> <laughs> so LeBron, oh, man. so my man LeBron, you know I like to call. I I've, I try to give argument on goat arguments and now it looks like he might not make the playoffs with the lakers and he's out it's a bad look for him because he's out calling his teammates saying you got to be focused on basketball when he's missing games well, He's <laughs> out with two chains <laughs> he's out with titty boy getting drunk on some wine listening to their his rap album at, at midnight and then he's also coming out with space jam in the offseason and also doing his yep. shop show with anthony davis and antonio brown i mean. There's so many things LeBron's got going on, and then he's going to, at the press conference, call out guys and say, you need to be focused on basketball. It's kind of like, eh, I don't know if that's yeah. where you really want to go here, LeBron. So <laughs> all that said, 2 Chainz's album, his new album, is pretty dang good. I don't know if LeBron had anything Question. to do with it or not, but it was pretty good. I don't, I don't think he had much to do with it.
2: What's the title of it? I love 2 Chainz album titles, and I don't know this one yet.
1: Rap or Go to the League? Rap or Are, Go to the League? Rap or Go to the League. And so I think that's why maybe I follow that one, but well, he has a song on there (laughs) called NCAA and it, it sounds, it's a lot about like, it kind of talks. It doesn't really, it was interesting. I bet he recorded it before the Zion Williamson stuff, but it was like a lot about they making money off my jerseys. And he talks about Manziel had the highest selling Jersey ever, but he didn't make a dime off of it. He can't make a dime off his own name. Yeah. And then there's the song yeah. uh, "Mama I Hit a Lick" and it's got Kendrick Lamar on it. And boy, Kendrick comes Uh-oh. in there with it's a, it's just a pretty good album. If you, if if you like Two Chains, Two Chains has a little bit of a different style, so it might not be everybody's guy. But it was pretty good. Yeah. I was waiting to see. I I haven't seen LeBron actually feature on it anywhere. I, that's what everyone was wondering if LeBron <laughs> was going to have a feature. He he doesn't seem <laughs> to be featured anywhere. But uh,
2: yeah, well. Uh, one of my favorite album titles is "Uh, Pretty Girls Love Trap Music." Yeah, that, that was this
1: 2017 album. one. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ooh. what's what's on my list though? So we talked about the Mass Singer, and I was I was sitting there yeah. googling. I was like, man, I'll, T T, T Pain should definitely come out with a singing album where he's not auto tuned. Well did you know T-Pain has a 2019 album that I believe I haven't got to listen to it yet, but I believe it's a lot more well, of him singing and not auto tune
2: now. Okay. So I've listened to about half of it. Okay. It came out the day before the finale of uh mass singer. Right. That, so that seems like the right opportunity. This is actually something I kind of wanted to talk about. And I just forgot about, Um, but I've listened to about half of it and it is all the exact same T-Pain stuff you would expect it to be. Ah. and it's such a disappointment to me. I mean, there might be the second half of the album might just, you know, be the exact opposite. But, uh, the thing about it is like, I feel like now is the time if you want to step up and be the new soulful R&B singer today is the day. I mean, like, uh, Chris Brown is dealing with all the Chris Brown things that he's always going to have to deal with. R. Kelly just got locked up in jail and then put out on bail uh, the weekend hadn't put out an album album in a while. Uh, uh, Frank Ocean hadn't put out an album in a while, and so T-Pain could, after showing off to the entire world that he can sing like an angel, come take
1: that crown. And then he put out right. T-Pain the, album. You're right. The it's throne just, is for the taking right now. Like there's like yeah, we need someone yeah. to fill that void, and that really yeah. kind of I, I say that bums me out. I, I love old T Pain. Like you throw on, buy you a drink. Yeah. That's like my childhood yeah. song. A great bartender. Song. Yeah. I'm in love with the stripper. I'm, yeah. I'm with all of them. Yeah, but when well,
2: and uh, I'm sprung. By the way, did you know that's about the woman he's currently married to? Really? No, I did
1: not know that. Yeah,
2: that's pretty cool.
1: <laughs> but I just when I heard him on Mass Singer, and I I was like scrolling around looking him up on Twitter, and I saw someone say like someone who was verified. So I wanted to see his replies because they get a bunch of replies, and it was like man, why, why doesn't T-Pain come out with an album of him singing? And then someone replied to it was like, actually go check out one up. It just came out tonight. And I was like, Oh, so this must be that album. Yep. I'm like you, LJ. I thought this has to be that album. And then I'm, yeah. I'm a little bummed to know that it's not even though. Well, and let's see, let's see the first half
2: and it's good. Uh, uh, it's my dog's birthday is a pretty cool song. Um, there's some fun stuff on it, but, but definitely maybe the second half is exactly what we want it to be. And maybe he takes that throne. Um, and and just holds on to it, doesn't let it go. We'll see.
1: But- I hope so. I, li- I like some T-Pain. Every time I've heard him talk, sing, I just he seems like a cool cat. So I, I hope, I hope we get more T-Pain in our life. Agreed. Yeah. All right. I think that'll probably wrap us up for another week of the JPP pod. Do you guys have anything else before we get out of here? Hopefully a, a, a warm front come comes good. through here and we get out God, of this It'd be next weekend.
0: I hope, but
1: it's, it's damn near spring. Yeah. It's damn near spring break and I can't go outside without three jackets on. So it, it, I'm, I'm sick know, of all this ice. You guys are talking about
2: missing the sun. I'm talking about missing the rain. I want the rain to come back. It's been not, it hadn't been warm enough to actually be liquid as it's coming from the sky. In probably three months or something. See, I've so, dude. You live in Chicago. You live
0: in Chicago. You know this is the way it is. This is I the know, way I'm it is. I know. I'm just saying.
2: I don't even. I don't even strive for the sun anymore. That's too far of a goal. I just want rain. <laughs> rain. <back>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well he's, he's a man that doesn't ask for much people he just wants a little bit of rain so. alright well that'll do it for another episode by the way check us out on Apple Podcast or Spotify give us a rate and review or anywhere that you get your podcasts and you can find us on our website Alexa, subscribe to just press play then unsubscribe <laughs> and resubscribe uh, and you can also find our show notes over at our website it's at JPpod.com. and you can also find us on Twitter and Facebook so hit us up I think that'll do it for another week. Peace out. Peace. Peace.
2: I noticed, by the way, uh, listening to the last episode when uh, I was talking about, I was trying to understand John's question while I was saying it out loud. And you can tell, you can't tell whether I'm full of shit or not, but you can tell whether I think I know what I'm talking <laughs> Because I just go like into just straight ums over and over and over again when I'm like not sure. You can eat. my confidence comes through and
1: I think I know. You can tell tell when LJ's just spewing shit and when he actually thinks he knows what he's saying. <laughs> right, right. You can't tell if it's true or not, but you can tell that I think it's I'm going to <laughs> go ahead and open these notes up as a PDF just to be safe, because sometimes what is that we're looking at? Is
0: that your hand or like a close-up of your butt cheeks? Oh, it's your hand. Okay.
1: <laughs> a close-up of my <laughs> <a> butt <laughs>